So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello everyone, it is your girl coach Jessica from the Run Pain Free Podcast and thank you for listening to the Run Pain Free Podcast brought to you by the Run Pain Free Academy. We are going in today on something that is heavily talked about here at the Run Pain Free Academy with the Run Pain Free program. Make sure you're following us at Run Pain Free underscore Academy at Instagram and also at Run Pain Free on Instagram. Make sure you are privy to all of our drops, runpainfreepodcast.com. Make sure you go over there and binge, listen to everything, take notes, start mapping your body so you can start running pain-free immediately. And last but not least, runpainfreeacademy.com, where everything lives, where everything we do is, all of the myths and misconceptions busted daily, and our classes and tutorials and Q&As and all that good stuff. So let's get into it. Today we are talking about speed work and other no-nos for long distance runners that go along with speed work. So as you may or may not know by now, depending on how long you've listened to me, you're pretty much not gonna hear me say anything you've heard before. I'm probably gonna say everything opposite of what you heard. However, I explain everything and I encourage you to make comments and ask questions for even more explanation if I'm not clear on something because my purpose here is to give you information that's going to help you, that is going to relieve pain, that is going to get you running for life as long as you so choose, not dictated by pain or injury. So please ask questions, that's what we are here for. And also stay tuned, there is a question at the end of this that I really want your feedback on, so please listen to the end so you can make sure you get into the conversation. So let's just talk about step-by-step. What is speed work? Speed work is used in track and field for track and field training. It is meter running. It is short bursts of movement fast bursts of movement. The warm-up for speed work is also short and fast bursted movements that kind of mimic the work you'll do on a track. It's literally done on a track or with the idea of track. It is specific to getting you conditioned for track and field. That's what speed work is without getting into extreme um, explanations of different moves, which I will in a bit, but that's basically what speed work is. So speed work is often done on a track. It is for people who are doing track and field that is meter running. You're running for seconds or minutes at best. You're definitely not running hours on end. Um, It's what you see at the armory here in New York City, which is a nationally, internationally known armory, where all of the trials, the Junior Olympic trials, the Olympic trials, the batons passing, all that good stuff happening there. Um, Hurdles, long jumps, that's all track and field. Um, All of those 
competitions around and on track and field are all very specific to track and field. When we're talking about speed work for running, we're talking about fast burst movements. So short footwork, quick footwork, um, 200s, 400s, 800s, repeats. That's what you would get at speed work depending on what run coach is training you. So if any of those things sound like something you do on a 5K, 10K, half or full marathon, I encourage you to comment below wherever you're listening to this. If what I just explained sounds like what you do on any of your long distance runs, I encourage you to please write it below. I'll continue. Why is speed work used? Well, speed work is used to develop short bursted movements that mimic track and field work, that mimic needing to get somewhere really fast, short amount of time with the most explosive movements as possible. That's what it's used for. Fast footwork, fast moving, and fast done also. That's what it's used for. So there is a conditioning to that. And this gets into a sport-specific training and what that is. So sport-specific training is real, um, something I've been doing for a very long time. And the sport specifies the type of training you're going to do for that sport. So you play baseball. You're going to do sport-specific training for baseball that mimics baseball movements in the game, basically. However, it's going to mimic baseball movements in the game on a functional developed scale, meaning you're actually going to take those movements you see for whatever position you play in baseball, and you're going to make them into a functional developed muscular movement. So we're going to condition that movement on the back end. Where does the force come from to do that movement? Where does the force come from to be a pitcher? Where does the force come from, come from to be a shortstop? Where does the force come from to be an outfielder? Those are all very different sport specific workouts that each one of those baseball players themselves would be totally different workouts, totally different workouts because they all play different positions and they all have to respond differently and they have to have different ranges and different forces and different velocities and different speeds. That's sport specific training. This is true for football and all football positions, basketball and all basketball positions, track and field and long distance running. Those are all different sports. So when we take long distance running, we look at the mechanics of how the runner is going to be running for set amount of time. So anything over one mile is considered long distance, guys. So that's why Usain Bolt actually stated several years ago, he actually never ran a mile because he's a track and field runner. So he never ran a mile. Well, we all know what happened to Usain Bolt. He tore his hamstring out for the count. But guess what Usain Bolt does now? Long distance running. So that tells you mechanically, physically, muscularly, those are two different sports. Here's why. If you do something that is career ending, physically, muscularly, injure yourself some way that is career ending, 
you pretty much can't do it again because it's career ending, right? So if you're able to do a totally different sport with no problem, that's indicative of what the muscular demand is from one sport to the next. That's indicative that it's a totally different sport. That is indicative that you actually use the muscle differently in that sport. All of these things tell you they are two different sports. And he's able to train differently, the exact same muscle, the weight needs to be trained for long distance running so he can run, which he's been seen running around New York City with Roadrunners over the summer. So this is not this is not something that people don't know. He's been seen in, in, um, in, in Central Park. But this is just one person that I'm using because he's the big name and everybody knows him. But this is very important to understand what sport-specific training means. Long distance running and track and field are two different sports. They are two different sports. When you are sport-specific training, track and field, on a long distance runner, you're training track and field muscles on a long distance runner. Much like you would be training baseball muscles on a basketball player. Not even two different baseball positions. I'm saying any baseball player. You're gonna be training a baseball player to play basketball. That's how different training track and field is on a long distance runner. It is that different. Why are you all getting told to do speed work? Because run coaches are trained in track and field. That's why, it's that simple. And the majority of the coaches that run these groups are, or are online or doing virtual training or doing all this are track and field. Well, Jessica, I see the athletes, the elite athletes doing track and field and doing speed work. Believe everything you see? Okay. There is something to be said about the levels of injuries and the reoccurring injuries of those exact athletes you see doing repeats on tracks and those also other elite athletes you never see on a track. They're very different levels of injuries. There's a plethora of people who have had career ending injuries that do speed work openly, elites, and those who have never talked about that, who you never see on a track, who just run for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, because guess what? That's their sport and their sport specific training. So there's been a bunch of stuff that's come out recently about the leader in running in this country and how in, in, in the company and how their program has injured many, many, many people and I've seen it on my end on the on, on this very you know on this scale not even at the professional space at the local space I've seen how that same company's local program has injured a plethora of people and there is something to be said about the education of the people behind these programs so um, Track and field coaches are great for track and field. I think they do amazing things. This is not a slight against any coach. I think everybody is good at what they do. You know, I'll give everybody the benefit of the doubt, being good for what, what they do and what they're trained in. I'm here to give you a background to it. That's all. And I'm an, an actual expert in sports-specific training, so I can 
do these types of things differently, no matter what sport they come to me with. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about what level of education is there behind all these different coaches? Well, there's no requirement to have anatomy and physiology. There's no requirement to have personal training background. There's no requirement to have functional movement background. There's no requirement to have a sports specific background. You could literally get up and be a coach within a matter of a couple of hours if you know how to get online and take a test. So that's not to slight, that's just saying what it is. So when there's a plethora of people getting injured behind doing speed work, when speed work is set for track and field and you're a long distance runner, there's reasons why. There's reasons why, excuse me. So it's about, If you're outside and you're running track and field, then you should have a track and field coach learning how to run track and field, 110%. But track and field running does not translate to long distance running. It just doesn't. Here's an example. A person who does speed work and trains their speed work twice a week, right? In addition to their long distance runs, they're doing the speed work twice a week. I'm not even gonna go over how many hamstring strains they probably have, or foot pain they probably have, or plantar fasciitis that they probably have, or Achilles tendonitis that they probably have. Cause those, those are all results of short bursted movements and then running long distance. Let's put you out there in the course. It's game day, marathon, half marathon day. It's half marathon or it's full marathon day. You get to mile 10 and you tank. You started tanking at mile eight, but you're really done by mile 10. And you push and push and push for the next 16 plus miles. And that's because, and that's because you refuse to give up on yourself, right? And then there's this ideology that running means you should be in pain. So then you accept the pain as a, as a, as an, as what is supposed to happen. And you continue and you finish the marathon basically broken. Here's why you tanked in the first place. You conditioned short little movements, short little muscles to stop very short, meaning they stop, they they tank out, tax out quickly because they were trained that way. They weren't trained for long distance. They weren't trained for endurance. That's not what short bursts movements do. That's what long movements do. So. Now when you, your body starts to be like, hold up, hold up, we're way beyond 800 meters and we didn't break to repeat 800 meters. So like, what are you doing body? Well, we're going to start breaking down because I can't handle it. And then by mile 10, you can't do it anymore. By mile 13, your legs are cramping, you're stiff, you can't move. Um, you have lactic acid buildup. Nothing is working because your body is basically saying you did not train me for this muscularly. You didn't train me for this at all. Some of you may do a little bit of a trade-off and have some compromises because you did long runs. You did a couple of 18, maybe 22 milers. Maybe you did a couple of those, um, but you did it alongside the, the, the speed work. So your body kind of fights the whole time because the muscular conditioning happened in speed work and then you ran long distance. So those two guys don't really get along 
And so they contradict one another and they basically fight within your body the whole time because your body knows it should run. It has the memory of running long distance, but doesn't have the muscular development for long distance. You understand? Because you don't run to run. You have to condition to run. So if you don't athletically condition to do long distance running and you run, it's going to be a problem. If you athletically condition for track and field meter work and you run long distance, it's going to be a problem because the muscular development matters and the majority of runners don't athletically condition. At best, they do speed work. At best, they do speed work, but that doesn't translate to long distance runners. It just doesn't. And again, this isn't to slight anybody, but if you're a speed work person and you have hamstring strains, Achilles tendonitis, calf strains, foot pain, foot foot hurting, IT band pain. That's because you're doing speed work and then running miles and miles and miles and the two are totally different sports. Um, that's not even getting into the warm up alone for speed work has problems in it. The warm ups do, let alone the actual actions of speed work. So um, I pull everybody out of speed work pretty fast when they start correction, have to because it's completely contradictory to the movement of long distance running. It is. Many of the large um, marathon race companies, if you will, that put on work, Roadrunners does not have speed work. They just, they haven't, they've never had it. Just recently they started creating something that has the word speed work on it, but it's not the same thing as speed work. So, um, and that's New York City. So I don't know really what the point is outside of, uh, I don't know what the point of it is, but I know it's not the same as like track and field. It's not the same thing. Um, so it's really some, anybody who's um, long distance running coach, that's different. They're gonna do long distance running sports specific stuff. They're not going to do track and field stuff. It's very different. You're trained in very different things. Also, you, you, you know, not, not all people who do one sport becomes a coach in that sport. Not all singers can coach singers. Not all dancers can teach dance or choreograph. Not all um, pianists can teach somebody to be a piano player. Not all runners can coach running. It's just what it is. So the idea that anybody can coach just because you're a runner is complete false completely false. That's not the case. Um, and figure it, put it this way, whatever profession you do as your daily job, imagine me who's does what I do. I'm a sports biomechanic expert. I'm an athletic conditioning expert. This is what I do. I'm going to now wake up one day. Maybe I'll take a course in what you do for a living. Give me that. Right. And now I'm going to go out and tell everybody how to do it. How would that make you feel? Annoyed, right? I have no, no way to do that. I, there's no way I could do that. I don't have the education in it. You do. That's your job. So when people in my field, right, hear these things, and I, can, and I have peers, and we, we talk. So when we hear these things, and someone just comes out of the woodwork, and now they're just going to coach, or they're just going to train somebody, it's, it's really like, are you kidding me? Where did you get this? Where, where are you getting education from to do any of what you're about to do at all? 
and then because you everybody can get online literally and just get whatever at these days if you could take a test you could do anything you could get a certification for anything at this point um you know there's a level there's a level of that i mean the sneaker stores how many people have gone into sneaker stores and get told by some random person who works in a sneaker store what sneaker they should be in for running where is your education may i ask sneaker sneaker store person where did you get an education on how to fit anybody in an athletic sneaker in an athletic shoe an athletic um anything please tell me where where they didn't I get it all the time from clients who will go into a sneaker store and ask for specific sneakers they want to they want to wear and people have been refused by what clients of mine customers of the store walk in and ask for this sneaker they want this sneaker and the worker is like no I'm not going to bring you that I'm going to bring you this sneaker cuz they're trying to sell a more expensive sneaker to get a commission on it that's the way of the world it's a billion dollar industry for a reason so there's there's a lot of this happening and when this is happening people start listening to people who don't have an education in what they're doing and that leads to hurting people that leads to hurting people so when we break down what speed work is it's anaerobic anaerobic means a lack of oxygen to the muscle so it's basically like um like like dance short bursts short bursts you're done fast sprint so i i actually have what they call sprinter calves so i can long distance is is a challenge for me so when i started running long distance it was a challenge for me because i'm developed for 30 some odd years in dance to be short and quick and done short and quick and done i can go real hard for a fast amount of time and be done but now i'm running for hours so that was a big transition for me and my legs muscularly were developed for short conditioning which is basically the same as speed work so they call a short calf where you have a high bulb a high you know like the the roundness of your calf is high and you see it definitively that's a sprinter calf when you have a long calf that's long distance there that's just this that's a that's a a muscular visual to give you if you will not that someone with a short calf like me can't run long distance just going to take longer work because my muscles were developed differently and not that a person with long calves who runs long distance easy can't do speed work or can't do short distances they can it's just going to be different because their muscular development is different which leads me into how this um creates injuries Uh, because again when you guys start to feel injuries when anybody feels injuries it's at a muscular level but by the time you're feeling it muscularly the joint and the tissue already had a dance they already had a problem you're feeling it on the superficial level which is the muscular level that's the first place you feel it now you can ignore it all you want you'll feel the joint next you feel the joint next by the time you feel joint you probably have some tears or something or maybe even some cracks but The muscles always what you feel first and a lot of you guys bypass that. But here's where the sport specific training becomes um an injury when we talk about speed work, how speed work could hurt a long distance runner. So fast like like think about drills like the ladder drills in and out in and out in and out all toes. Um the running with the with the knee drives hops toes. um sprinting 200 stop come back sprinting 400 stop come back all toes sprinting 800 stop come back fast 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 stop fast stop fast stop you're developing very short stop muscles 
At what point are you stopping on a marathon? At what point are you stopping on a half marathon? At what point are you stopping on a 10K, a 5K, a Ragnar, anything like that, an ultra? When are you stopping and walking back to the start to redo it? Never. So when you look at that and you look at what you're gonna do and they don't match, that's a good indicator that you're developing muscles that are not going to translate into your activity. And when you're sport specific training, you need to translate to that activity. So you need to sport specifically train for long distance running. Well, what does that look like, Jessica? Because I'm not, okay. You know how a long distance runner gets endurance on long distance running? Hill repeats. Because you're gonna see some hills on a marathon. You're gonna see some hills on a marathon. You're not gonna see hills on a track ever, ever. So you wanna do long hill repeats because guess what you're gonna repeat? You're gonna jog down and jog back up. That would happen on a run, on a marathon, on a half, on a 5K that could happen, literally. You're gonna run up the hill, you're gonna run back down it, right? There's, there's full marathons that are all downhill guys, right? Yeah, and guess what? People think that those are easy. That's not easy. It is really hard to go down a hill and maintain control of your body and not fall forward. It actually requires more muscle to go down a hill than up. It actually does. But that level of miscommunication and misunderstanding and miseducation consistently happens in this community. And you guys get hurt. Again, this is nothing I say is to slight anybody. I tell you the truth, broken down scientifically, biomechanically, how the body works, how the body responds, how the body builds muscularly. That's it. It is what it is. It's not, it's not to say anything other than that. I have a ton of run coaches as clients, tons of them. They're all going to listen to this. They know this is what I say and they actually understand it. So they can actually change their warmups. They change their, they change their crew work. They change their things. Yeah. Because they understand it and they, they learn on their own bodies, how it affects them. Yeah. So it's just about, if you're a run coach and you're training long distance runners, you need to change how you're training them. That's all because it's not applicable to be running butt kicks and go friggin' don't go run. At what point are you butt kicking? Please tell me at what point are you butt kicking on a marathon? You're not even butt kicking on a 5k. And if you're butt kicking, guess what you're not doing? Extending in front. And if you're not extending in front, you're not using your glute. And if you're not using your glute, you're using your hamstring. And if you're using your hamstring, you're in dysfunction. And if you're in dysfunction in the hamstring, you're jacking your hamstring up and you're building your hamstring dysfunctionally, creating a hip injury, an ankle injury, a knee hinge dysfunction, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, and a hamstring um, strain or pull. And your quad running. So now your quads are overdeveloping too. And that all adds to weight onto your sacrum, pulls your pelvis down, pulls your low back. Now you got back pain. Any of these things sound familiar? If you want to run pain free, you got to start addressing your body properly for the sport that you do, which is long distance running. It's not track and field. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I have people who I am very close to, who I have great respect for, who are junior Olympians in track and field. We've had this discussion many a times. It's a different sport. It's a different sport. I have great respect for the sport of track and field. I think it's amazing. I love watching them cook, 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 cook. 
it's just not long distance running and you just can't do the same thing for one than the other. You just can't. And that gets lost in translation. And then our long distance runner ends up hurt. It does. I did an entire uh, masterclass on plantar fasciitis. And when I did that, I took footage of, um, longest of a marathon. I believe it was the Boston marathon of last year. I can't remember correctly. Um, but I believe it was the Boston marathon of last year. And I took them, the elites, a professional elite runners closing in on the finish line, just under a mile left. And I took Usain Bolt, one of his last championships. And I put them side by side to show the physical difference of the bio, bio, biomechanics working of those two sports. And when I did that, there was a live class, a live webinar class. The class got very, uh, it was a big awakening for them to see the difference side by side like that and see how the body physically is totally different in flight for the exact same amount of time, two different sports closing in. So even if you want to say, well, Jessica, I sprint, excuse me, to the finish line. No, you don't. You kick it up a notch. You kick it up a notch. You're not even in the realm of being able to change your biomechanics into a sprinting fashion because a sprinting fashion is all toes. So if you're already in flight and you've been in flight for 25 miles and you got a mile point six left, I'm sorry, a mile, a mile point two left, um, and you start to kick it up, you're just gonna open up your legs more. That's all you're gonna do. You're just gonna open up your legs more and you're gonna actually gazelle to the finish. You would have to literally slow down, readjust your entire biomechanics, change it, change your footing to get into a sprinter mode to actually sprint. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do that. Now you can think you are all day. I encourage you to go and Google the marathon, um, the Olympics marathon, any world major marathon and watch the elites close in on, on the, on the finish line. Go ahead. You'll see pretty much all of them have full foot function. I'll get into that on another podcast. Pretty much all of them have full foot function, especially the ones that look at like their running easy, effortlessly full foot function. And they are literally are cooking like a gazelle. Their legs are in a full circular motion, literally. So they just open up and they cook. It's not something that you just change into. Even if somebody did, you wouldn't be able to get your foot out the same each, each, each rotation. So you would be reaching out on one, prancing if you wanted to drop your toe, you would prance on that, bounce off of it, and then gallop, like a gallop, a, a literally a, a limp run. You would, at, be at best, you could actually change to a limp run, but you wouldn't be sprinting. Not at all. Not at all. Especially in flight. It's not, it's not mechanically sound, uh, humanly possible to do that kind of mechanical change on the fly like that. It, it would be, uh, it would be, it would be a limp run at, at best. It just can't do that. And so when we look at the difference in mechanics and we break that down scientifically, well, what is long distance running then? If long distance running is in track and field, Jessica, what long distance running is basic human function over a long period of time with extreme velocity. That's all it is. 
it's walking real fast for a really long time. And you have to have all engines on to do that. You have to have all engines on, all muscles at their optimal formation and human use to do that. And track and field is super specific to track and field. It's not meant to do for three, four, five, six, seven hours. It's not meant to do that. And you guys run for three to six and a half, seven hours, literally. Like there's no comparison between 800 meters, even repeats, to hours and hours of running. There's just that alone should tell you it's not the same thing. You don't get fast doing speed work. You get fast by conditioning your muscles to run over a long period of time and not tank out and actually have a negative split so you get faster per mile, not more hurt per mile. No. You do hill repeats because you find a hilly course and you just do as many hills as you can. That's going to give you heart training, endurance training. That's another podcast you need to listen to because that's really the endurance and the ability of a long distance runner. It's how well your heart and your lungs talk, literally. But you can't even get there if you're injured. You can't get there if you're doing these small, small movements, short movements, and you're, you're conditioning your fast twitch muscles and never, never talk to your slow twitch muscles. Your fast twitch muscles happen fast. Literally, they do exactly that. They fast, bing, bang, boom, come in fast, fast, fast. They also end fast too. They phase out fast too. They crash fast too. But then the long distance one are supposed to come, the, long, the, lo the slow ones are supposed to come in, excuse me. The slow twitch is supposed to come in and mellow it out and give you endurance for a long period of time. If you never condition that, that doesn't happen. They don't know to come in. So that you find yourself at mile 10, 11, 12, starting to crash because you didn't condition that muscle to come into play. The endurance training never happened. You don't run to run, you condition to run. You need to train biomechanics. You need to train the right, the, you need to get your hamstrings relaxed. They should never be hyper-focused for a long distance runner. For a track and field, you see them butt kicking all day long, hyper-focusing their hamstrings. Now. Yours truly, I've trained many track and field runners. I will never hyper-focus a hamstring because I know what happens to a hamstring. That's just me. However, it is acceptable, air quotes, to do that for track and field. It's acceptable. I wouldn't personally do it because I always train differently than others. I coach differently than others, but I'm just saying. It's acceptable because it's sport-specific, okay? Not for a long-distance runner. The hamstring needs to be left alone. The hamstring is the only muscle in a long distance runner that actually develops and builds in flight. The only muscle to develop and build in flight on a long distance runner is your hamstring. It has to be left alone. It develops on the fly. It conditions on the fly. That's how you do that. So your conditioning, athletic conditioning workouts need to be everything to release your hamstring and develop your glutes, develop your hip stability, which are the glutes, okay? The glute muscles around the hips, your low back, your back, your shoulders, your lats, um, making sure your quads aren't taking all the muscular work and that your hamstrings are working in functional movement so your glutes can fire. The more your glutes fire, the more the hamstring releases. And then your calves can flex and extend and you can have mechanical push-off at the ankle, which is gonna help the hip function. All of that is athletic conditioning, guys. When you 
condition yourself as a long distance runner, you literally make yourself the most optimal human being you could possibly be, literally. There is no other sport like long distance running, period. There's no sport that you do one action for hours on end. There is no sport like that where all engines have to be on, no one can conk out, no one can take a break, everybody has to work on your body at all times. No other sport is like that. For hours on end, no, one, no sport is like that. Swimming, you could stop kicking and just use your arms. You could float. You could stop using your arms for a second and kick. You Biking, you could hold up really tight up on the upper body and go really hard on your legs. You can let go of the bars and just use your legs. Rowing, you could use your arms or your legs. You don't have to, you could use one or the other. Not just, I'm not saying any of this is functional. I'm just saying there's things that can be alleviated. The closest thing to long distance running would be, um, would be soccer because, but again, they stop, they run the length of the field and they stop. They're not running forever and ever and ever. There's nothing that matches long distance running and you guys don't treat yourselves like athletes. So you don't athletically condition properly for your sport. At best you do speed work and I'll give you credit for trying to do something, but you need to take your butts to athletically condition for a long distance runner. And that's functional training and hill repeats. It's not doing a bunch of little short, fast movements and then going to do speed work on a, on a track. By the way, running on the track, guaranteed IT band injury. So if you have a reoccurring IT band syndrome and you do a lot of track work, stop. That's why constantly on the inside leg, constantly on the inside leg. If they let you do alternating routes on the track, that might be better, but they don't let you do that. There's track rules, you only go one way on the track. So you have constantly inside knee pain, on the inside leg knee pain, that's your IT band, by the way, because you're constantly leaning on it. That's why when long distance runners run on uneven ground for long periods of time, they have IT band pain because your hip is trying to stabilize and it can't because it's on a slanted decline on a road or on the beach or on a trail. Any of this makes sense to you guys? Comment, ask questions. It's not to slight anybody. It's to get you all properly training for the sports you do, which is long distance running. It is not track and field. For all of you out there that do track and field, have a great time. Good job. Go at it. Do your speed work. Do your drills. Do your sprints. Great. That is not long distance running. It's not. And I don't get why it's seen as um, the same sport. It's totally not. Mechan I mean, it's totally not. At no point are you running forever on the track. You stop and go, stop and go. If you don't do the same thing in, in, in the actual sport, you're not conditioning for it. So with the Run Pain Free program, for example, I'm athletically conditioning you and correcting you injury-wise at the same time. So the program is specific to sport-specific training and making sure you're optimal as a human. So I don't care what sport you come to me for, you're gonna be corrected first, and at the end of the correction, we build on the sport that you're doing. For a long distance runner, it's just the same thing as it's just extension of the basic human function. It's just that it's just that with a little extreme. We're going to load human function. We're going to push the human function to its extreme because that's what the sport is. Everybody, you know, I have basketball players, I have football players, tennis players, golf players, baseball. 
gymnasts, dancers, they all come in and get, they all start at the same spot as everywhere else, but they actually, then once that, then they go into their sport, whatever their sport is, to functionally train for that and develop the proper muscles in a strengthening way for that sport. Has to be sport specific. So it doesn't matter where you're going, you all have to start at the human, basic human function has to be sound. If your basic human function is not sound, you're not gonna do anything right at all. And you're gonna be hurt. I mean, that doesn't, you have to think about it that way. If you got a baseline problem, why do you think doing anything is gonna be not painful? It's gonna be painful. And you could grab anything you wanna grab, shots, pills, Advil, uh, braces, super socks, whatever you want to do. doesn't take away the fact that you're injured, by the way. It's all band-aids until something worse happens for you to actually stop and address yourself. So when you're about to decide, am I going to go to speed work tonight or not? Maybe, maybe, maybe take a second to think about it. What do you want to accomplish? Are you going to change and go over to do track and field work? Or are you going to do long distance running? Maybe make a decision. Again, this is not the slight speed work for track and field runners. That's for you guys. Great job. It is just not translating into athletically conditioning a long distance runner. And anything over one mile is considered long distance. And you guys have to start realizing this is a real sport difference here. It's a, it's a different sport. And you have to train it that way. Speed work doesn't make you fast. Long distance running conditioning and hill training makes you fast. It conditions you to have endurance. It conditions you to be able to sustain endurance and have negative splits, which you all want. You all want a negative split. You want to go out nice and easy and kick it up a notch every mile. Open up more, open up more. The more you settle into your run, the more you can open up. The more your muscles are firing, the more you can open up. The more you can use your feet, the more you're gonna launch yourself forward and the more efficient you're gonna run. It's not about running underneath yourself like a freaking gerbil using all this fast toe movements. That's gonna, that's gonna end real fast. That's gonna tax you real fast. It's gonna tank your quads real fast, which is the biggest muscle group in the body, by the way. And the more you're on your toes doing that business, the more you're firing your calves and your quads. And your quads, being the biggest muscle group in the body, they require the biggest pump, the biggest blood pump. So if all of this, if these biggest muscles are requiring all the pump, everybody else doesn't get their, their juice. And then the, the quad muscles just take up everything and everything is done and there's nothing else to give to the rest of the body. And when the quads tank, you're done. The quads are reserves. They should be coming in mile 15, 14, 15, 16. That's when the quads should be coming in, but that comes with athletic conditioning for a long distance runner. That's how that would happen. But if you're not conditioning for a long distance runner and you're conditioning, conditioning short, fast movements, you are going to condition your quads fast and quick, and they're gonna end fast and quick. See what I'm saying? I hope this all makes sense. And again, for all the run coaches that listen to this, it's not a slight against you guys. It's not at all. It's just speed work does not translate to long distance running athletically. Conditioning wise, it doesn't. Sport specific training needs to be sport specific. You guys do great with that for the track and field runners. Long distance running is just different and needs to be approached differently. That's all. I hope this 
clears a lot of that up. And if any of you guys are wondering why you're in pain and you're doing these things, maybe hopefully you get some ideas and insight. So here's this week's questions. I have two questions. Can you recall actually sprinting on a 5K, 10K, half, or full marathon? I wanna hear about it. If you can recall double toe striking in a full sprinting mode on a 5K, 10K, half, or full marathon, I'd love to hear about it. And the second question is, the last time you had speed work, did you have any hamstring or foot pain after it? During or after it, next day. Those are the two questions. I would love to hear the conversation. Comment away, ask questions, that's what we're here for. We are here to give you information about sports-specific training, injury prevention and correction, athletic conditioning, and sports biomechanics, period. That's what we're here to do. So we're just here to give that information, help everybody run as best as they can in whatever goals they have. If you wanna do track and field, then you should be doing speed work with a track coach. If you're long distance running, you need to be doing it. You need to be doing athletic conditioning to develop the right muscles in an endurance fashion and do hill repeats. That's the long and short of it. Yeah, it's more complex, but that's the long and short of it. So just a bit for a baseline, okay? I hope you all learned a little bit today. I hope I inspired you to ask questions and comment. That's what we're here for. RunPainFreeAcademy.com has everything in there. And please follow us on the RunPainFreePodcast.com. Make sure you're listening to it and ask questions, guys. That's why we're here. Have an awesome run. You're listening to the Run Pain Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain Free Academy, featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 